Welcome to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast. We are always ready, always there. This podcast series is a production of the State Public Affairs Office. Hello, I'm Tech Sergeant Charles Johnson with Public Affairs. I'm joined today by Chief Master Sergeant Bill Bates, Military Personnel Management Officer with Headquarters Air Staff, and Master Sergeant Amanda Bates, Personnel Craftsman with the Joint Staff. Thank you both for joining the show today. Thank Thank you. you for having us. Even though you work separately, you're both assigned to Joint Force Headquarters, and you perform various personnel-related duties. Uh, We can start with you, Chief. Uh, How long have you been in the Guard? What's your background? Uh, I've been in the Guard since 1985. Started as a jet engine mechanic and then transferred up to uh, headquarters in 2003 as a personnelist. And Master Sergeant Bates, how long have you been in the military? Uh, I actually joined in 2003. Um, I started out as a medic and then I transferred to personnel in um, 2012. Personnelists, I imagine, I, I was talking to you before the show started. It's, it's kind of one of those things that not everybody really uh, appreciates, I think, all the time until maybe something doesn't quite get done right, and then it really highlights how important your job really is. Yes. Um, we, uh, <laughs> it's almost like uh, everybody makes fun of a redneck until they break down, right? So if something's going wrong with your record, your pay, or anything like that, um, they come, we're, we're the number one person on their book to come look at or talk to to try to get it corrected. Same thing with um, your deer's record, you know, making sure your dependents are, are in that so that you have insurance, um, all sorts of different things. SGLI, if something was to happen, um, you want to make sure that your dependents are updated in that so that they get the, the money, the gratuities. Yeah. It's uh, anything that uh, personnel-related, as far as, you know, if you aren't getting paid or if you get ready to retire and, and you go put your retirement and then you find out, that, oh, I don't have 20 years, well, how come? And then you start looking at your points and for some reason you didn't get a good year because you didn't have enough points that year, but it could be just a system error. And we fix that. That's what we do. And then you can retire. The amount of expertise that you you have both amassed, I've I've witnessed it uh, when I've uh, drilled at the wing and here in Concord. And uh, Master Sergeant Bates, you actually have developed a bit of a niche with DTS, the system that everyone uses to travel, to the extent that, I mean, you get calls from Army and Air personnel from all over the state for this? Uh, Yeah, I actually, I can get a phone call from a lot of the people that I work with, and I've kind of memorized the system that not even being on the computer, I can walk them through either an authorization or a voucher. Um, And I help out uh, generals and on both sides, Air and Army, um, in both systems, organizations, and... I do a lot in DTS. It's DTS supposed to be easy. It's not. I literally walked into your <laughs> office. Uh, I literally walked into your office a few weeks ago, and you were on the phone with a general from from out of state, asking you for questions 
on their DTS. So you've developed that that level of expertise where you're a you're a go-to person for uh, for general general officers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, and you can't if you're not in the organization, you can't look them up. So it's hard to help somebody do a DTS. Uh, authorization or even a voucher when you can't see what they're seeing so having that knowledge and helps one of few people in the state knows DTS <laughs> even I don't know DTS I hate it what are some what are some of the uh, what are some of the challenges of the job hidden challenges people might not know uh, exist for you um, I, I would say my Monday through Friday job is uh, everybody's everybody's uh, um, whatever their situation is the most important one. Not necessarily their urgency isn't mine, but that is always a challenge, um, trying to make sure that they're, you know, for promotions, they're getting promoted on time, or we're trying to push a record to make an officer, or, or whatever the case may be. It's, it's that person's emergency, because we're like the liaison between the wing and the tag and NGB, so they, they go through us, and I'm a one, person shop at the moment so so I actually worked um, on the CST for a short period of time as a personnelist slash human resource uh, NCO so not just knowing uh, Air Force personnel duties uh, a lot of them are the same on the Army side you know we still have the SGLI we still have the emergency record it's done a different way they're MOSs is equivalent to our, our AFSC. It's it's all kind of very similar processing different things. Um, so just having that background knowledge of Air Force personnel helped me uh, when I worked with the Army. I will say that, uh, you know, the personnel career field, when you, when you go into the personnel career field, you're taught a certain, certain uh, way of doing business, and it's very... Air Force. So when you go to a personnel school, you, you learn Air Force, how to do personnel. When you come back and you just get to the guard, a lot of the stuff you learned in in school doesn't apply. And then when you come to headquarters, everything that you learn at the wing as personnelists doesn't apply because it's all different. Um, we we are as a my office is a. We're like an in, in between the wing and the tag when it comes to any personnel actions and NGB. Our job is to be the voice of the wing for the tag and, um, and NGB and other various agencies. So in case our listeners didn't already <coughs> deduce on their own that you're related, you are one of several father-daughter tandems in the Guard. Yes, several. I also have a son, but he he followed my maintenance uh, footsteps. What's that like? Uh, you you work in the guard, I mean separately, but mm. but together. What that what's that been like? You know, I, I try to watch out for my kids to make sure that they're being played a a fair. You know, they're being treated fairly, but I sometimes have to back off to make sure that they make their own way too. Right, especially as a chief. You know, I can't. Um, just walk up and say, hey, why why are you doing that to her? Or why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you supporting her? And that kind of stuff. So it, it, you have to be cautious sometimes. 
it's uh it's nice to have him always there too uh when i graduated personnel tech school i flew him down and when i went up he actually came up to the stage and gave me his personnel pin that he got when he graduated uh, so he's been there for for me throughout my career and he's been at almost every single uh, milestone that I've had. In the process of following in dad's footsteps, you actually were both the same rank for a brief period of time, if I'm not mistaken. You were both master sergeants? Yes. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it was actually funny because people would say, oh, Master Sergeant Bates, and we'd both turn and look at him, and, and he got senior and then chief. I'm trying to catch up. So did you have to just pull time and grade status on her during that brief period, or did... Uh, or oh, I did, do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dad. I'm Chief Bates. <laughs> Master Sergeant Bates, Chief Master Sergeant Bates, both from the extremely important, sometimes underappreciated field of personnel management. I appreciate you both joining me on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast. Break a one nine. Break a one nine.